5-4-3-2-1. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about AI today. Quite a bit, actually. Maybe more than we should. Uh, you be the judge. And uh, I'm going to be a little hard on one of the articles, I have to admit, and we'll see. I'll reach out to the author, of course, and uh, maybe we can get him on the show, right? That'd be fun. Anyway, but before we do anything serious, let's get over to the fun stuff and... Uh, this is a Pringles commercial from the Super Bowl, which is part of the article. So we'll start right here where it makes sense to start. Just this. You look like the Pringles guy. He looks a little like no, I don't. Pringles. Posted. Chris Pratt is giving Mr. Pringles. Identical. This is Chris, Chris Pratt. Chris, I have the role of a lifetime for you. Do I get a cut? Mr. P. Do I get a cut? That was pretty funny. So let's get over to this article, first article. What if you invested $20 million instead of a Super Bowl ad? What if you invested $20 million in AI instead of a Super Bowl ad? And this is the Pringles ad from this year's Super Bowl with Chris Pratt. Um, and so they're, they added this to the picture. He was buying Pringles and all of a sudden became an international uh, phenomenon, according to this. Well, I'm not sure that's true. But anyway, um, the author, who is Dan Gardner, says, I'm not anti-Super Bowl. I'm not anti-30-second spots or 15 or 10 or 5. I'm not anti-branding or anti-traditional marketing. I am struck by the cost, which was they he figured out with all the extras and everything, about $20 million which I think is probably reasonable, all in. Um, but can you seriously name three ads from last year? You know, I don't know. But the only one I know for sure that was a big Super Bowl ad was the sledgehammer through the screen Apple commercial in like 1988 or 81 or something, 84 probably. 1984, I think it was. And um, they b blew their whole year budget on that to try to make a name for Apple. And it worked, obviously. Really, really, really worked. Um, but that doesn't happen very often. And now, on the basis of that success, a lot of companies think that they can just sink a bunch of money and it will cause some kind of reaction. Now, <clears throat> just because you can't remember it doesn't mean it isn't in your head, right? Sometimes you need a trigger, right? So, if I think about triggers uh, for the Super Bowl, I think of Doritos, that the the one where the baby <laughs> goes after the nacho chip. That was a Super Bowl ad. You know, there there's some good ones. Um, and I've been trying to, but even with my reminding you, you may not remember them. So, um, so it may be. I think I think Dan's point is it may be hard to to break through and get the attention, right? And it was a pretty good game this year. So the, the people that, that bought in the fourth quarter actually may have gotten somewhere. Um, and one of the questions in the ratings is, are the rating people sick of commercials by the time they get to the fourth quarter? Maybe the audience isn't. I don't know. Um, and someone estimated that, that Taylor Swift got $50 million worth of advertising out of the deal. Just by being in the audience. Okay, but 
Dan says there's a once in a lifetime generational shift happening thanks to AI. That this is once in a lifetime. And and you know, I was on the on the wave of the PC coming in. And uh I was in a business that didn't own a computer and I helped them computerize. And uh most of you cannot remember a time when a business wouldn't have had at least some kind of computer, right? In fact, I asked young people, how do you think we ran businesses in the old days? before computers. Well, we had a bookkeeper and we kept track of the most important things, which is one of the issues with AI and one of the issues with data. And we'll talk about that. I think I was going to go get a copy of my book. I don't have one handy. I usually keep one handy, but it'll, but we're going to talk about that and how my book might save your life uh, if you decide to sink 20 million into AI instead. But uh, this Dan says, if you spend 20 million on AI, you will be ahead of the game. Okay, um, impact, AI will impact future the future of brand experience. A strong AI brand will become more valuable than ever. AI will assist by creating private competitive data, which is really, I think he thinks it's going to be about every customer individually. Look at customers' past behavior and anticipate their needs. What's wrong with that sentence? If you've watched me for a while, you know what's wrong with it. Okay, I have more data on me than you will ever have. I have more data on my wife than you will ever have. We have a lifetime of memories together, 41 years together. Well, 42 now. This is right around the time we got engaged. So, um, 42 years together, and I almost never get it right what she wants next. I ask her often what she wants next. Not as often as she'd like. That much I do know. She'd like me to ask more often. What can I do for you today, hon? She, lo she loves that, right? And I like it too because... I have no idea what she's going to say. <laughs> you know, and she'll utter exclamations like, oh my gosh. And I will have no idea what she's thinking. None. Zero. Absolute zero. In fact, and she has things that are concerns of hers. I never get that right either. I I really don't. I, I can't tell who she's talking to on the phone. I just, I just, I try. I do try. And I think I'm as good or better than most AI. But the problem is, if I can't predict my next need, want, desire, knowing all I know about me, there's no way on earth you're going to do it. And it makes me sick how much companies spend based on this lie. It's one of the great lies. It's, it's going to be my number one lie. My current book is okay. It's got some good lies, but it's written mostly to people who have first-party data and what to do with it and how to make money with it, how we have made money with it. But the next one is about data in general and how to make money with data in general or with insight in general. And uh, I got to get that finished up. Okay, so you can't know. You can't necessarily offer content, products, and experiences they didn't even know they wanted and they did want. There's only one way to do that. One way to do that is to advertise. 
The history of advertising, the foundation of advertising, is to create awareness of a new product or service, and the market will tell you what who's interested. That's the foundation of direct marketing, WDMA, W Direct Marketing Association. Okay, that's the foundation. Can't get about, can't get around it. Okay, you can't get around it, and AI cannot tell you. They can tell you who isn't interested, probably. We can measure a lot of stuff. I've been doing machine learning since 1995, okay? And I've done it with mailers who knew the engaged buyer and non-buyer, which is essential for real machine learning, which AI can't do. Not generally. They don't know who saw the ad. So anyway, yeah, so it's going to be, you know, the rabbit I did review the rabbit i gotta follow up on that with uh with brian Ramelli um and see if he got his hands on one um but i didn't buy one and i haven't bought smart glasses i tried them on some good ones and it, they almost made me throw up just the the it's it disconnects your eyes and your balance so you better be seated seated, seated unless you're really good with it okay so um, Dan says, if your brand isn't racing to be ready for this change, it will be threatened. I disagree 100%. If you deliver a quality product for a good value, keep your promises, you will not be threatened. No. L.L. Bean has grown more since the Internet started than almost any company there is, Right. Land's End is still in business. They do a great job. I'm not going to quit. <laughs> I tell people about them all the time. Do you know what will help businesses set themselves up for real success? A $20 million investment in technology and innovation. You might as well light it on fire. You'd be better off with the Super Bowl. I can tell you that for sure as someone who's watched it happen all through the history of data. I was there when we just started optimizing with spreadsheets i was there when we started keeping track better with spreadsheets and i pioneered machine learning with large data sets and the fundamentals of epistemology are still there data tech data and tech stacks despite two decades of data lakes Everyone's data is still siloed. You know why that is? Because there's certain things that you can do with data in one environment that you're not going to do in another. We create hundreds of variables, thousands of variables for our machine learning. You don't want to put that in your ERP system. No way. That would be insane. That would be insane. Plus, you'd have to go through endless committees. You know how long it took to build the werewolf variable? It took us a couple of months without having to get permission from our clients or from uh, any IT staff, right? But if you want to add just one or two fields, it's almost impossible. And that's why it makes sense to get important data out in a place where you can play in, their, in your own sandbox. Makes total sense. Does not make sense to leverage a data lake. 99% of it is, is irrelevant anyway. Okay, customer relationships. Now, there's an oxymoron if I ever heard one. I don't have a relationship. 
I don't have a relationship with Land's End. Customer relationships are another lie. You don't have a relationship with your customers. You provide a service. You provide goods. And as long as you keep trying to think your way to a relationship with somebody who doesn't want one, I don't want relationships with my vendors. I turn my phone off when I go to sleep. <laughs> Sorry, my relationship is with the people in my life. My relationship is not with LinkedIn. It's not with Land's End. I buy turtlenecks. Land's End, fleeces, Land's End. I like Land's End. It's not a relationship. If they disappeared from the face of the earth today, I'd find another source. Sorry. And I think they're about as good as it gets. Sorry. You know, I bought, I don't know, eight different Lexuses. They're getting worse. I'm looking at other things. They're not delivering the value that they used to. That's too bad. Does it matter? No. Relationships and customer don't go together. You know, even when you really knew the the the, the pharmacist in your town or the I remember going in to get a suit the first time with my dad and he told the 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 owner, Mr. Schneider, you know, what I was looking for, and Mr. Schneider got me a suit. But Mr. Schneider went out of business, and I started buying from a different place. And that was a place that actually knew my dad for years and years and years and years. Now I know Mark Pash is where I bought my last suit. I hope you're on here. Mark, I'll, I'll send you it. I'll, I'll tickle you. But people don't wear suits that much anymore, so I don't see Mark very much, right? Anyway, a brand is the sum of its interactions. Every interaction defines a brand. AI is the great consolidator. Well, if you get past, you can't go much farther than delivering value. Okay? Now, before I get run out of time completely, I wanted to get to this by Sam Bradley, also from the drum. AI-assisted copywriting is more effective than human-penned ads. He said that, he, that they did an experiment with a company called Pencil, Will Hanschel. And what they did, and look at this. This is the way you're supposed to do experimental design, right? Uh, they had four categories of copy. One written solely by the brand's in-house team. Another one written by what they had before. I th that may be the first one. Another one written by ChatGPT alone. Another one written by copy that was edited. Oops, the, that the first one was copy that was edited for style and grammar by the copywriting team. And then add copy written by the brand's team in response to the AI-generated copy. So they took ideas, but then they wrote the copy themselves. The control box was whatever they had before, not expertly crafted or tested within an inch of its life, but it was Facebook ad copy. So they ran that also. Okay. And so each category included five to seven different ads representing up to 2,000 in media spend. The copy inspired by AI saw an 11% uplift in uh, in click-through response. AI-only written copy got a 19% response, okay? 
while the human edited AI copy saw a 26% increase. Okay, again, maybe not statistically valid, but wonderful. He said basically that that the humans added a chef's kiss. It was better. It did almost twice as well. Um, and uh, it's really important that you see how it works. I used, I'm working on a, a flyer right now, uh, HVAC, and I used AI. This just asked it, what, um, what are the main marketing challenges faced by HVAC contractor companies? And it gave me an answer. Cool. There we go. I didn't really use it. It just was a starting point, just to get ideas. So, you know, if, if you don't, if you think I'm uh, I'm anti AI, then you know that's like saying I'm anti search. You know, I don't. No sense finding out what Google might give you or DuckDuckGo or whatever. Uh, I use search for this show every day, right? All the time. Um. So, but. Uh, I wrote an article a couple of years ago, right after the 2016 election, and I explained what kind of what kind of testing and direct marketing the Trump campaign did versus the Hillary campaign. Okay, and I actually sent it to the campaign manager who directed the whole thing. He had a direct marketing agency. I'm trying to remember his name, uh, and he wrote he wrote me back. He um, he did it. I'm going to post it over on WDMA.org. It's already up there if you looked around. Um, but Brad Parscales, there's Brad right there. Brad Parscale. Uh, he was a San Antonio marketing entrepreneur. And he said, let's split test. And then what they did, which was radical, was they sold hats and yard signs. And they charged you 20 bucks. They raised money, but better than that, they had a really good idea of who wanted to support the campaign, not just some crazy reader survey or online survey. So I highly recommend that, and that will give you the key to how to improve AI and its testing. Got to go. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.